You're listening to the Shep Naz Podcast. Here at Shepherd Church, everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ. I'm Joe. I'm your guest host today. Pastor Joey is still out on baby duty. Welcome back, Pastor Rob. Thank you. Uh, This coming Sunday, we're going to be jumping back into a series on Ephesians. We have started um, back in the end of November, the beginning of December. Since then, we've celebrated Christmas, New Year's Day, 21 days of prayer and fasting, and completed a series on money matters. So, Pastor Rob, it sounds like you've been pretty busy. Well, I haven't been looking for anything to do. All right, fair enough. Um, Now that we're diving back into Ephesians, uh, let me open up with this quote from Klein Snodgrass. Pound for pound, Ephesians may well be the most influential document in history. So get us started. Yeah, so that's a pretty loaded statement uh, to say that this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians could be the most influential uh, letter or document ever written. Because in our history, there's been a lot of documents that were incredibly powerful that have changed people's life in, in some sense, the, the course of history. Um, you have things like the Magna Carta and the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or the Emancipation Proclamation or things that, you know, documents have literally changed the course of history. And so to say that this letter is maybe weightier than those things is a very loaded statement. But um, what's interesting to me is that this is, this was written almost 2,000 years ago, a little under 2,000 years mm-hmm. ago. So it's, it's interesting to me that how could something that was written so long ago be so relevant to us today, and is it relevant? And I think that's what we're trying to discover in this series. Now, you had mentioned in passing that uh, Paul wrote Ephesians. So tell us a little bit about the author. Who, who is Paul? Which Paul are we talking about? Right. So Paul started off, um, you might know the story. If you don't, Paul started off, uh, his name was Saul as he began, uh, as he, you know, surfaces in the Bible. And he was a religious leader um, who was uh, against Christianity. So he was like a, um, being used by religious leaders to stamp out Christianity. He persecuted Christians. Um, he was standing nearby giving his approval to everything that happened when Stephen was martyred, who was one of the first martyrs in the church. Um, and so Saul was just working to stamp out Christianity. And one day he was walking from, uh, he was walking on the road, on a road toward Damascus. And as he was walking to Damascus, he literally had a, a person-to-person encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus came before him and said, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And um, this led to, this encounter led to Saul giving his life to Jesus and becoming a follower of Jesus. And in that process, he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And then God used him to literally uh, ignite uh, a church planting movement across the Mediterranean region where many churches were planted and Paul became a great leader in the church um, and wrote many letters to those churches, which Ephesians is one of those. Okay. And when we're talking about the names of books in the New Testament, um, just as a point of reference, when we're looking at the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the Gospels, and they're so named because of the author. But when we're taking a look at the book of Ephesians, it's not called 
Paul 1, 2, 3, 4, because I guess there's so many that Paul yeah. has written. Um, but it's actually for the Ephesians. Tell us a little bit about who this is written to. Then. Yeah. So, yeah. And you're right. Paul wrote these letters to churches that he had started. And so the letter is kind of titled to the city of the ch- where the church is. And this one was written to the Ephesians. And so interestingly, when Paul wrote this letter, Paul was uh, under arrest. He had he had been to Ephesus five years before he planted the church there, uh, and he spent three years in Ephesus uh, evangelizing, helping to establish the church um, that he wrote this letter to five years later. And while he was there, he was, um, you know, uh, doing a really good job. He was preaching the gospel, and but the gospel was creating an uproar and chaos uh, everywhere that he went. And so eventually, because of the people coming to know Jesus and the chaos that it created at that time, um, he was arrested and was sentenced to go to trial. And while he was awaiting trial, he was put in jail. Um, and it was actually a home, but he was sentenced to like confinement in a home. Um, and he was uh, sentenced to have a Roman guard with him. And so he literally had a Roman guard chained to one hand while the uh, chain on the other hand is chained to the other guard. The guard. Right. And so he was literally chained to a guard this whole time. And so when he wrote this letter, he was in basically in prison, chained to a guard. And we had talked a little bit earlier that uh, when we talk about Paul writing letters, that there's um, sometimes he would have a scribe with him right. that would actually do the physical writing and he yeah. would be dictating what they were, um, you yeah. know, what they were writing. Yeah. Um, so... This is written to the believers in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you were just kind of recounting how he had planted that church, I find it interesting how uh, we read over a verse and it's just part of a narrative. And sometimes it just hits you a different way. You know, you just mm-hmm. said that uh, he was in Ephesians and, and planting churches for three years. And like, yeah. maybe that just gets mentioned in, yeah. in one just quick uh, reference and to realize that he had invested time with these people. Yeah. I mean, three years is, is a significant right. amount of time that yeah. he had spent. And they went through a lot of stuff together. So you can, you can really, re- Acts chapter 19 talks about the time that Paul was in Ephesus prior to planning the church. And in, in Acts chapter 19, there are interesting things that happened. So he, you know, he'd preached in a synagogue and then it grew until it was so many people coming, they kicked him out. Um, he was um, moved to this public uh, preaching hall uh, and many, many people got saved. He cast demons out of people. Um, and, and when he was doing that, it created great fear because people didn't know or understand what that was. Um, it, we'll talk about this in a second, but uh, Ephesus was the the center of uh, where the temple of the goddess Diana or Artemis was, and many people were turning away from believing in God, uh, Diana and Artemis, uh, and that was making them mad because that was a mm-hmm. point of pride for them. Sure. And so he really faced a lot of um, uh, opposition. They they were in fear. Well, at one, in fact, in one point, the worshippers of Diana were so infuriated that they caused a riot where they shouted great is Artemis of the Ephesians for two hours until the riot was finally broken up. And then Paul was forced to get out of the city. So, so he faced a lot of opposition there. And I think the great lesson there is that when we face opposition, it doesn't always mean that we're not in God's will. Sometimes opposition and opportunities are mingled together. 
and and it could be that we're in the middle of God's will. But anyway, he faced all that stuff and then uh, got arrested and was you know put in jail. And then he wanted to send a letter to those folks, and that's what this letter is. So um, we we know who wrote it. We know who he wrote it to. So go ahead and kind of set the scene for us. What What is the city of Ephesus like? Is this a big town, small town? Is it comparable to yep. things that we see today? Yeah. So at the time, Ephesus was um, probably, it was the fourth or fifth largest city in the world. So it was a large city. Um, and interestingly, the church that Paul wrote the letter to in Ephesus was relatively small, especially in comparison to the size of the city. And when we think about churches Today, we think about a church that has a, a building and a location and a, a, you know, a church building and pastors and programs and those kinds of things. And, that, and when Paul talks about churches in the New Testament, that, that's not what it was. It was a body of believers. Um, and so this particular body of believers was maybe 30 to 40 people. Um, they, were, they were young. The church was maybe only 10 years old by the time that Paul wrote the letter um, and, and this group of 30 or 40 people, and maybe there was a couple other groups around as well, were meeting in a home uh, in, in this massive city. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I never really found the, the um, exact population, but I know probably close to a million people maybe. Mm. So there's this group of 30 to 40 people, maybe a couple of groups, uh, that are trying to preach the gospel in a city of a million people that is overwhelmingly pagan and uh that is primarily worships this goddess you know this goddess of diana um so it was it was really really interesting time for them to be there nice um well i i think when we're looking at what they were facing at that time and in that city a lot of the things that you were just mentioning you know the uh, the paganism that was going on around them, uh, the fact that they were uh, this small group, uh, a church start, it um, it's eerily familiar to what we experience uh, around us today even. And uh, as you were just describing these small groups and, you know, they would receive this letter and, you know, they'd want to pass it around so that everybody would have a part, it for a second made me think about uh, during COVID when we were doing the live stream and we were encouraging people to have little house churches where they could have small groups of people yeah. together. But instead of passing around a live stream and a link, they were passing around this letter that they, yeah. they had from Paul. Um, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and, and take a little break. And when we get back, we're going to dive a little more into Ephesians and why that's a book we should study and what relevance it might have for us. Great. As we've been diving into the teachings of biblical stewardship, we realize the importance of giving you the tools to get from where you are to where you need to be. With that in mind, Shepherd Church has secured a site license for Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. This is free to all those who call Shepherd Church their home. This includes all of their premium online resources and every dollar budgeting app for all of 2023. If you're ready to get in on this, then email podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know you want the code to unlock your financial peace. Countless people experience God's blessings when they tithe, but often the first step is the hardest one to take. The 90-day tithe challenge a money-back guarantee of sorts. Essentially, it's a contract based on God's promise in Malachi 3, 10, and 11. See, the Bible asks us to give our first and our best back to God, and He will bless the rest. 
we return to the Lord 10% of what he's given us because it belongs to him. If you're not tithing already, a great way to start is with the 90-day tithe challenge. We commit to you that if you tithe for three months and God doesn't hold true to his promises of blessings, we'll refund 100% of your tithe, no questions asked. All you got to do is fill out the connect card and click the button that says 90-day tithe challenge. We'll sign you up and we'll be able to walk with you through those three months and see all the good that God will do in your life. So we're back. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, getting into the series on Ephesians, and we've talked a little bit about the fact that it was written by Paul, and uh, he had started a church in the city of Ephesus, and now he is finding himself uh, in house arrest or jail, and he is uh, bound to a guard. And he's writing them a letter back to give them some instructions. Uh, they find themselves living amongst the city what that is sinful, that's pagan, that mm-hmm. is uh, counter to the biblical worldview that they're being taught by Paul. Yeah. So all that said, what we know what that meant for them. What does it mean for us? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, is for me, when I think about Ephesus and why we would want to study the book of Ephesians, and you think about what was going on in Ephesus and what's going on today, there's a great correlation between the two. Um, a lot of the uh, epistles that were written, the pastoral letters uh, that Paul wrote, often were written to address a particular false doctrine that was going on in, in the church, and he wanted to make sure people knew, don't believe this. Or if there was some kind of a specific problem that was happening with a believer or the way people were acting, and so he would write a letter to address that. But Ephesians wasn't like that. It was it was like I I just want to make sure you guys know this stuff. Um, this is really important stuff. And so he saw that this church was living in a, this this city that was overrun by um, uh, idolatry, superstition, the occult, demonic activity, public sexual immorality materialism there was there was a love for education that was devoid of god um and the worship of political leaders and so when you think about when you hear like when i hear that i'm like well that kind of sounds a lot like you are talking about ephesus right (laughs) right i mean it it sounds similar to columbus doesn't it or any other city in the united states so much and so so paul didn't write to address a specific problem but the things that he did write to them about are things that are Things that we're dealing with. And so when Paul says to them, I want you to know this, and I want you to know that you have this resource available to you to overcome this challenge, he's saying this, that that's the same to us. We have this resource. These things are, are true for us as well. And so I, I think that the content that Paul writes to the Ephesus church is as relevant to believers today as it was when he initially wrote the letter almost 2,000 years ago which I'm totally amazed by that. Every time I open up the Word of God, I'm thinking, this is written 2,000 years ago, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, and it's just like it was written yesterday. Like, it has wisdom and guidance to guide me in the decisions I'm making today. And that's what blows me away about the Word of God. Yeah, it, well, it's just the beauty and evidence that it is the living Word inspired yeah. by the Spirit and yeah. uh, to give us instruction for today. Yeah. Um, can you give us a little bit of kind of an outline of, you know, if, if we're reading through the book of Ephesians, how we can parse that out? Yeah. So this is this is true of a lot of Paul's writing is that he begins by addressing what we believe. And his belief is that if we believe correctly, we'll behave correctly. 
And so a lot of his teaching is divided into two, his letters is divided into these two categories. And the book of Ephesians is like that. It's divided into the first part, which is kind of a doctrinal foundation. And Paul's concern is that we understand our new identity in Christ. We understand the resources we have available to us as believers through the Holy Spirit. We understand those things. And when we understand those things, then his, his, then he moves on to, because you know these things, and if you know these things, then there's this practical application, then this is how you live. Um, and I think it's really important uh, in this world that we get that, that believing is important to how we behave. Um, some of the staff and I were just this week at Mount Vernon Nazarene University for a conference on secularism. And secularism is, you know, basically it's, it's segmenting our world and taking God out of it and everything. And um, there's, a, there's a very large movement in the United States to leave God out of everything. And so mm-hmm. we're creating a secular culture where God doesn't exist. And what we think is that if we can just do the right things, then everything is going to be okay. Like if we can just get people to act morally and act right and be polite and do nice things— that everything will be fine, that what we do is more important than what we believe. But you go all the way back 2,000 years ago, Paul's like, you got to believe first, and then you right. behave. Like, why would I be moral if I don't believe that there's a God who can, who's going to hold me accountable someday? Or why would I want to do these things if I don't have the resources to do them? So Paul, Paul's, you know, big, um, his outline usually is, uh, Romans is like this as well. Uh, this, is, this is the way we should believe. This is the truth to believe. And because we believe these things, this is how we behave. And you see it in Romans chapter 12, like he's got 11, 11 chapters of this is what we believe. That's all about doctrine. Right. And then he says in Romans chapter 12, verse one, therefore, if you believe these things, therefore, this is how you live then. And, and, and so it's the same with the Ephesians. The first couple of chapters is about making sure we get it right in our head. And then it's like when you get it right in your head, then you can work it out in your life and the way that you live. And so, again, it's just like in our culture, we're trying to secularize the world and take God out of it. And Paul's like, no, 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 believe right, believe first, and then it's going to help you to behave correctly later. But if we, if we try to behave without having our heart changed, we, we see what that's happened in our culture, right? right? We're trying to legislate. We're trying to make rules and say, this is how you should behave. Uh, and people aren't doing it because their heart's not right. But if we get our heart, we need, we need transformation, not legislation, we need there, people. There we need people's heart to get changed, and then they'll act right because they believe right. Or they've been changed, not like let's just make more rules. And making more rules doesn't mean people are going to go by it. Right. We see that that's the truth in the world that we live in. So Paul talks about that, and it is just so so rich with things that we have access to through the Holy Spirit and through the church and the community of believers. And I, I can't wait to dive in and just unpack more of it. It's it's so. It's, it's rich. That's great. And, you know, a a prayer for, um, for our society right now, you know, because as you said, this, this move to secularism, um, when they say, well, we'll just be moral, we'll just do the right thing. Well, if we have no foundational belief, yeah. How do we decide what is right? What is moral? What is true? Correct. Correct. So. I mean, there's so many problems with this secular movement, um, at least from a, a from a Christian worldview perspective. Um, and and uh, I mean, again, 
how much wisdom is there in this letter that was written 2000 years ago about how we live? And if we can get it right, if we can believe right, it'll, it'll influence the way we live and make a difference in the world. Well, that's great. Uh, certainly, uh, we want you to uh, share with others what we're doing here on the podcast and the fact that we're diving back into Ephesians this coming Sunday. We'll be getting back into that series, and I think that'll wrap it up for today's episode. Remember that if you heard something today that resonated with you, to reach out to us by emailing podcast at shepnaz.org. Also remember to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen and share us with a friend to help spread the word. For Pastor Rob and Pastor Joey, I'm Joe. Have a great rest of your day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think. 